0: Now, if you have same-sex attraction, you say, oh, I was born gay. You weren't. Is that wrong to have same-gender attraction? It's like any other temptation. If you don't act on it, if you rely on the Spirit of God to help you, uh, you get some counseling, you get some help, you don't have to act on
1: that. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois as well as the author of Why Life Hurts and co-author of Evangelism Made Simple. Hi, this is
0: Jim Scudder. You're listening to In Grace. And yes, we're going to tackle a controversial subject. As a matter of fact, we do that a lot here on In Grace, not because we want to be controversial, but because we want to be biblical. We want to know what our creator has said the way we should live. So, we're going to talk about homosexuality today. We're going to talk about same sex attraction. We're going to talk about other things. We're answering. Bible questions from people just like you, people that are students of Scripture, and they have come to something, and they say, you know, hey, here's this passage. For instance, somebody said our first question is Jeremiah 10, 2 through 5, referring to the Christmas tree, and is it Baal worship to have a Christmas tree? I'll give you my answer on that, which is no. Uh, but uh, another says, "Why is there circumcision? Why not something less painful and intrusive?" Good question, but that's uh, something that God decided, and and there's significance and there's meaning to that, and I'll explain that. But then somebody said, "You know, I've been told the word homosexual is not originally in the Bible," um, and so we're going to answer that and talk. What does the Bible say about? that uh, you know, two men or two women or multiple of the same sex, whatever the deviancy is, what, what does the Bible say about that? Well, the Bible has answers because it is from our Creator, as I s- stated earlier. So, we're going to give you what the Bible says. Now, you can get mad. Here's the neat thing about being a preacher of Scripture. You can't get mad at me I'm telling you what the Bible says. I'm giving you the word of God. I mean, you can get mad at me, but you shouldn't. If you get upset about something, be upset about, I mean, don't get upset. But if you do get upset, um, you're getting upset, upset at God, okay? Because these are the things that he said and he knows best. And I want to come at these things with compassion, with love. I believe anyone can be saved. I believe that we have never done a sin so bad that you can't be saved from it. But we definitely need to call sin what it is. And you're not going to hear this uh, from most TV preachers or, or even a lot of radio preachers, but we had better speak the truth today. So we're going to talk about these things and more here on In Grace. Don't forget, In Grace has a legacy page on our website where you can learn what is a living will, what is a trust, what is a health power of attorney. These are things to think about so we can leave a lasting legacy even after we're with the Lord. Ingraceradio.com. Click on Legacy. How many of you like Siri or Alexa? Yeah. We don't speak the same language. It was really funny with my dad because he was trying to do it. I mean, it would always, always fail. Never once did it work. Sometimes it'll work for me. But with him, it was just a disaster. It would give him the opposite of what he was looking for. And he would just about throw that phone across the room. (laughs) I don't think he ever did, but he was about to. (laughs) So we have questions. And thankfully, we have something better than Google, and uh, technology to answer our questions. We actually have something very ancient. I love that. I love that. We can find answers to the toughest questions in a book that has been completed for over 2,000 years. And so, isn't that wonderful to know that? I love all of your questions. Absolutely love them. If you're worried about asking a question because what I'm going to think of you, anonymous. Anonymous. Very simple. Some of you go anonymous. That's fine. The only reason I ask sometimes for your name, so if I have a question about your question, making sure I answer it the way that you're asking it. But uh, this one is a great question. How many of you all have kids that loved to ask questions or have kids that that love to ask questions? Isn't that lovely? And, And sometimes when they're really little, they ask questions just to annoy you. They are pushing your button, and I've heard some advice from a dad that has a young child that loves to ask questions, and he said the only way to stop it is ask the question back to the kid, and then it kind of short-circuits them, and they don't know what to do. You probably shouldn't have done that too many times. Uh, Your child will be uh, hurt for life, right? But they don't know what to do with that because they just asked you, and you ask it back. Now what? You know, they're kind kind of stuck. Anyways. Today, I am covering mature themes, and listen, parents, if you don't talk to your kids about these things, it might be hard, it might be embarrassing, you're probably going to blush, but somebody else probably already has. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Don't neglect to talk about these mature things with your kids, because the world, I mean, it's everywhere, especially with the internet and television, all the things, it's everywhere. And so you have to make sure you tell them what God says about sexuality and all of these issues that we're dealing with. This question today, I really like it, and it goes back to the Christmas holiday. The question is this, is Jeremiah 10, 2 through 5, referring to the Christmas tree and as Baal worship? And so we want to go into the passage. It's, of course, an Old Testament passage, a prophetic book, the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a prophet of Israel And he was uh, warning Israel to not follow after the heathen, the pagans, the idol worshipers. And in chapter 10, verse 2, he says, Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen. What is the way of the heathen? Well, it's anti-God. It's anti-true God. In that day, the heathen, the pagans, worshipped many gods. And the, the way of the heathen is idolatry. It's really rather simple. We're a little bit insulated from some of this paganism and heathenism, although America is headlong to be a pagan nation, if not already. We're, we're almost there. But when we travel, and I remember taking some of our high school kids to Thailand, and we always take them to see what, what's going on. And we also went to China. We went to these temples just to see what goes on. and And the teens were in tears when they saw people Bowing down and worshiping and praying to an idol. You know, we're kind of insulated from that here. But when you see it, it just hits you hard. So the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, which is another pagan form of worship, and that's astrology. So, you know, looking to the stars to tell us the future and all of that. And if you're into that, stop it. Okay, stop it. Don't buy into all that astrology. For the heathen are dismayed at them. We don't have to be dismayed at what the stars tell us. For the customs, verse three, of the people are vain. So here's this custom, and here's where the question, the, the person asking the question is getting. For one cutteth a tree out of the forest. Now, probably most of you did not cut a tree out of the forest to get a Christmas tree. You probably opened a box in a dusty basement and pulled out a fake tree. I love the trees now. You just uh, pull them out of the box, push a button, and they all open up, and all the lights are there and everything. How many of you actually go cut a tree? You actually go out and cut a tree. You should not do your neighbor's trees, though. They're going to catch on. And then they get it out of the forest. It says, the work of the hands of the workmen with an ax. So you have not only chopping down a tree, but also you're, you're taking it to a woodworker, and they're fashioning this. So it's obviously starting to be not a Christmas tree anymore, right? We put our trees up in our living rooms, and I think they're nice. I actually really do like real trees because of the scent and stuff, but that gets old when the needles are all over the ground. So anyways, this is not a Christmas tree because they're starting to work it. They deck it with silver and gold. So obviously this is not a Christmas tree, right? Everyone's starting to see what this is. You're decking it with silver and gold. You make it, you cut it down, you start working the wood. You're now plating it with gold and silver. Uh, it says that they fasten it with nails and with hammers uh, that it move not. So they put, a, they put it on a base, and now it's standing. So what is this? This is an idol, right? This is an idol. It's clear if you're just reading this, it's an idol. It's not a Christmas tree. Uh, they are upright as the palm tree. Now maybe we should be putting palm trees in our house. I don't know. But this is, this is basically saying it's just fixed. It's just there, right? But speak not. This tree doesn't talk. This idol that's been cut down and, and manipulated and plated and, and nailed down to a base, it's not talking. It's not going anywhere. They must needs be born. In, in other words, this object can't walk. It can't go anywhere. You have to carry it because they cannot go, be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil. It's just a piece of wood covered with metal that's nailed down to a base. That's all that is. Okay? Neither also is it in them to do good. They don't do good. They don't do evil. They're just a lump of wood with some metal. It's just the work of our hands. And people over the ages have worshipped the work of our hands. Now, let me just stop for a second. Although in our culture, we don't see a lot of idol worship, but there are some Christian churches that have statues and they pray to the people that are represented. So that's obviously wrong. Uh, The Bible is very clear to not pray to or worship any other than God, one true God. But we do have idols, don't we, in our culture. It might not be wood with gold on it, but it might be uh, NFL or Hollywood or whatever, right? Isn't that interesting, the, the statuette that they worship in Hollywood? So we have these idols, which is just a little different. But that's what this is speaking of. So obviously, idolatry is wrong, and that's what this is talking about. But I do think this is an opportunity just to make a quick comment about traditions. There are some pagan traditions that we are to not have anything to do with. Okay. The obvious one to me is Halloween. There's nothing spiritual or godly at all about Halloween, and that's something that we have to be careful about. Christmas, you can start looking at some of the traditions that we have. The only one that I think is absolutely sinful is Hallmark Christmas movies. That (laughs) is 100% against God. Clap if you agree with me, okay? I mean, good night. They're all the same. So, you know, if you watch the first two minutes and the last two minutes, you got it. I mean, good night. But Christmas trees, I mean, maybe they had some pagan roots. Maybe it was a winter festival. But listen, let's take it as an opportunity to worship Christ and talk about the birth of Christ. I think there's nothing wrong with that as long as the focus is on the Lord Jesus and uh, the birth of the Savior. And I love the way that we take advantage of that here and proclaim to the community that the Christ is born Christmas, uh, the, the birth of the Savior of the world. And we don't just leave him in a manger, we talk about his death and resurrection and his offer of salvation to anyone who will just believe. So be careful of pagan traditions and all of that, but I think we can go overboard. There are some people that won't celebrate birthdays. Actually, I'm there, by the way, I'm there. No more birthdays for me, but um, I don't know. Some of this stuff, I think we could just kind of really be majoring on minors. I think that's something that you heard from our founder, right? That was a big deal. He said, don't major on the minors. And I think being against Christmas trees is majoring on the minor. But I'll leave that up to you, but you now know what I think. The second question is this. Why circumcision? And listen, this is a great question, right? And you might start to get a little uncomfortable, but we're talking about it. It's a question. Why not something less painful or not so intrusive? Was it something that God just chose And by the way, let me just answer that real quick. God doesn't just randomly choose something or pick something for no reason. So obviously, circumcision, there was a reason for this. And we're not given the reason as to why the questioner asked other than the mark of the covenant or was it a sign with a greater meaning to uh, be later revealed. So let's talk about where this was initiated and who this is for. In Genesis 17, verse 9, God told Abraham to keep my covenant and thy seed after thee in their generations. So this is a commandment to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their descendants. This was a covenant that pertained to the Old Covenant, the Old Testament. It is not something that you have to practice today, and we'll get into that in a second. Verse 10, this is my covenant which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee every man child among you shall be circumcised. So God commands the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to be circumcised. They would do it near birth. This would be something that they would do on the eighth day. Jesus was circumcised. We do it because this is what God says, and there's symbolism. There's a reason that he asked Abraham and his descendants to do it.
1: Are you ready for an adventure like no other? Dive into a world of discovery with InGrace's exclusive video series, Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure. Immerse yourself in the awe-inspiring beauty of the Grand Canyon and uncover the captivating evidence of Noah's flood. This incredible series is yours when you give any amount to InGrace. Simply call 800-78-GRACE or visit ingraceradio.com. When your gift is $35 or more, you'll also receive two additional video series, a tour of Noah's Ark with Ken Ham and Ark of Noah, which explores the geological evidence that supports the Bible. For your gift of $100 or more, you can enjoy our entire creation series bundle, including eight sensational video series. Call 800-78-GRACE or visit ingraceradio.com. That's 800-78-GRACE, ingraceradio.com, or write to PO Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Don't miss out on this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Again, that's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com.
0: I think if someone came in this church and taught, you must be circumcised to be saved, what must I do to be saved? You must be circumcised. We would throw the bum out. But sometimes you hear things like, well, you have to confess your sins. Well, that's works. You have to confess all of your sins. How are you going to do that? How are you going to confess all of your sins? You don't even know all of your sins. Probably half the sins you don't even know you've done. And then there's not just the sins of commission, you have the sins of omission. I mean, there's, that would be crazy. So they came out against that in verse two, when therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them. They determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go to Jerusalem under the apostles and elders about the question. And their conclusion after this big conference was no, You do not need to be circumcised to be saved. So it's always an attack on grace, always. So we know that circumcision is not necessary uh, for salvation, is not something you have to practice. Some do, it's just kind of a custom or medically whatever. It's up to you. These things are up to you, but there's no reason that you would need to do that today. But again, I think it's just, it's a symbolic, physical reminder for Jewish males that they belong to God, And remember, what was going to take them away from God often? It was marrying heathen wives, okay? So you're reminded that you belong to God, you're set apart. Now, they still did it. They still went after these foreign women, and they paid the consequences of it. But I believe it's just a symbolic picture that we're fighting the flesh. And Christ, actually, it says that when he was on the cross, he was cut off from the flesh, right? Right? And because of that and our faith in him, we can conquer the flesh, okay? So I think that's uh, all combined into that question. The next question, I've been told that the word homosexual was not originally in the Bible, that the Catholic Church paid to have it translated to mean that when it was translated to the KJV. Now, the word homosexual is not in the King James, okay? It's actually a much stronger word, sodomite is in the King James. okay? I think homosexual is a watered downward. So it's it's just kind of making it a little more acceptable sounding. As I was told, it was supposed to mean young boy sleeping with a man. So basically, boiling down the question, wouldn't that mean pedophile? And then the questioner is asking about this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 9. There's a list of people that won't inherit the kingdom of God, and some people say that's a pedophile, but a homosexual person can inherit the kingdom of God because as long as they're in a caring, loving relationship. So again, you're trying to justify sin. How do we know homosexuality is wrong? Because throughout the Bible... Genesis 19, Solomon and Gomorrah, Leviticus 18, it's wrong for a man to lie with a man. Romans 1, 26 talks about the deviancy of, of lesbianism and homosexuality. 1 Timothy 1, 9 and 10, again, refers to it as wrong. Jesus talked about a marriage and he only talked about one man and one woman. So the Bible is full of condemnation about that behavior. Now, can a homosexual person go to heaven? I think anybody can go to heaven if they will put their trust in Jesus Christ. But I think that's a lifestyle that that's what the heathen do. That's what the unsaved do. And it's egregious and against God. I don't think you can put your trust in Jesus Christ and just continue in that abhorrent lifestyle without God doing something to wake you up, to get you out of that. It's certainly not something God approves. So the passage that is in question is 1 Corinthians 6, 9. And there's two words at the end of this verse, the word, the King James, translates to effeminate, which is malakos. Malakos is a word that is the idea of dainty or soft. It's kind of womanly is the way that they would translate it. So this is referring to, and you, you look up this word in Greek, and this is what it means. It means the passive partner in a homosexual relationship. Okay, that's effeminate. It's just the way you talk, the way you dress, that lifestyle. So this is condemned. And then also the next word, which the King James uses one, two, three, four, five words to translate one Greek word, okay? So that happens in languages. You have one word that means one thing, but there's no equivalent word. So there's these nor abusers of themselves with mankind is a Greek word that is combined of two Greek words, arsenal, which means male. And koitai, koitai, which means bed. That's where we get the English word coitus. So you have there the bed for males. It's a homosexual reference. There's no other way to explain that. So this word is referring to men who are in bed with other men engaging in same-gender sexual activity. And obviously, God condemns that. There's no hint in this passage that some homosexual relationships are acceptable. I almost can't believe that anyone would think that God would accept some homosexual relationships as long as they're in a committed, caring relationship. No, absolutely not. It's wrong, 100% wrong. God's word is not open to personal interpretation. Homosexuality is wrong. It always has been. It always will be. Now, just two verses later, totally negates the idea of so-called homosexual Christianity. That that's acceptable by God in verse 11. It says, and such were some of you. Were some of you. But you're washed, you're sanctified, you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus, the Spirit of God. It's not an acceptable behavior for a Christian, end of story. Now, if you have same-sex attraction, you say, I was born gay. You weren't. If you say that I'm gay, what you should say is, I have same-gender attraction. Is that wrong, to have same-gender attraction? It's like any other temptation. If you don't act on it, if you rely on the Spirit of God to help you, uh, you get some counseling, you get some help, you don't have to act on that. It's like a man being tempted to commit adultery. It's wrong, and... You don't say, I was born this way. I have to commit adultery. No, you don't. It's a sexual sin. Fight it. How? By the Spirit of God. Receive by faith, Jesus Christ, because we're all sinners. He paid for all sins. Put your trust in him and then use the power of God that is now available to you by the Holy Spirit that lives in you to fight those wicked temptations. The worst of those would be homosexuality. So let's never ever say what God has said is wrong is okay. And I'll just say amen again to what I just said and let us make sure we are doing things biblically and what God says, even if it's not popular, even if you're going to get criticized or canceled, still say what the truth is. Do it in love, but say the truth because if you're not going to give the truth, you certainly don't love people. I love the fact that we can be saved from our sins, but let's call sin, sin. Right before we go, a lot of you have been saying, hey, how can I get that Grand Rafting Adventure video series? You you know, we took a rafting trip down the Grand Canyon, whitewater adventure, sleeping under the stars with a geologist and an astronomer with a deserving family. Well, here's how you get it. This is called Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure, and it's proving that the Grand Canyon was formed not by millions of years but by Noah's flood. For your gift of any amount, To In Grace, more people hear the gospel, and I'll thank you by sending you this exciting four-part video series, either on DVD or digital download. If your gift is $35 or more, I'll send you two more adventures about Noah's flood. If your gift is $100 or more, I'm going to send you all eight of our most popular creation adventures, and you're going to be so blessed when you see Exploring God's Ocean, a four-part series underwater dinosaurs that destroy evolution, a dinosaur dig in Colorado. All these incredible adventures will be yours for a gift of $100 or more.
1: Dive into a world of discovery with Ingrace's exclusive video series, Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure. This incredible series is yours when you give any amount to Ingrace. When your gift is $35 or more, you'll also receive two more video series about Noah's Flood, or get the entire eight series creation bundle for 100 call 800-78-GRACE visit ingraceradio.com or write to p.o box 9 lake zurich illinois 60047 thank you for joining us on ingrace radio with jim scudder jr ingrace is a member of the evangelical council for financial accountability Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at In Grace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow. As we continue to explore God's Word and His world on In Grace Radio.